the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Welcome to Education America, where we're taking steps to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Come along with us every Saturday evening at 6 p.m., K-12 education is the playing field. As the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. I am Rebecca Hagstrom, founder and headmaster of Liberty Classical Academy in White Bear Lake, Minnesota, and my co-host Mark Durkin is out today. But Minnesota's social studies standards have been in the review process for the past year and a half. The standards have undergone two revisions since the first draft were released in fall of 2020. The public has been vocal in providing feedback on both the first and second draft of the standards, in large part due to the many organizations, including Center of the American Experiment, raising public awareness regarding the concerns. Now the third draft of the standards have been released and are also open to public comment before they enter the rulemaking process. Joining us by telephone tonight to discuss the third draft of America, of Minnesota's social studies standards is Catherine Kirsten. And Catherine is a writer and an attorney, a senior policy fellow and founding director at the Center of the American Experiment, having also served as its chair from 1996 to 1998. Catherine has also served as a Metro columnist for the Star Tribune from 2005 to 2008, and before that was the opinion columnist for the paper for 17 years. She's a regular contributor on this show, and Catherine, as always, it's an honor to have you join us again tonight on Education America. Well, it's great to be with you, as usual. Yes, very good. Well, because this is already the third draft of the standards, Catherine, can you start by giving us a quick summary of the process that's already been undertaken since the first draft of the standards were released? Yes, yes. The, the first draft uh, was released uh, in at the end of November 2020, and this is part of the statutory provision that uh, standards uh, would be subject to revision, state standards, every 10 years. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's been now uh, a year since that, uh, that first draft was released. There was a second draft uh, later this summer, and uh, this now uh, is the third draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, comments uh, were being taken on the benchmarks in the in the standards until uh, December 14th. Okay. And going forward, uh, there will be a, a, 
a public comment process that closes uh, January 14th, I believe, okay. uh, a 60-day uh, process. Uh, those comments will be um, read by the administrative law judge who will oversee the rulemaking process that is is being launched uh, now. Okay, okay. So, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that process later in the show, um, the process going forward. But thanks for providing that context and background. It's helpful. Well, now that the third draft of the Social Studies Standards um, are released, as you said just recently, how different are the third draft of standards from the previous two drafts? Well, they, they, they have all been very bad <laughs> uh, because they are all uh, pervaded by an ideology that uh, is extremist, uh, political in nature, uh, and uh, really runs counter to uh, the division of America and, frankly, what it, what it means to be human that I think most mm-hmm. Minnesotans hold. However, uh, what, what makes this draft particularly bad mm-hmm. is that uh, the, uh, the drafting committee and uh, now uh, the Department of Education itself mm-hmm. have incorporated a new so-called strand mm-hmm. or content area. The uh, statute provides for four four so-called strands or disciplines uh, within uh, social studies, uh, those being um, history, geography, economics, and citizenship. Mm -hmm. Now the Department of Education has determined to add a fifth strand called ethnic studies. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a new uh, and very powerful uh, kind of vehicle that uh, progressive forces are using to impose a new ideology um, on the, the, the students. It's starting in California and now and now here. So it's it, let's just say it's it's kind of the the essence of woke. Yeah, yes. And you know, one of the things that really struck me about that is not only is the content of that fifth strand problematic, but when you consider that there were already four strands, that's a lot to cover in one subject area, you know, citizenship and sure, government sure, and economics, sure. geography, U.S. and world history. I mean, those are massive things to cover in and of themselves. And then now to add a fifth strand um, that right. is going to be expected to be covered as well uh, is, is, I think, really problematic just from a pure time standpoint, too, in the classroom. Well, that's true. What it really is 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 the lens. It's kind of the philosophical, ideological lens through which all, all the rest of the content, such as it is, mm-hmm. will be taught. And one way that the department uh, has done this is is to literally drop uh, most of the basic factual content in uh, history and geography in order to impose uh, all kinds of identity uh, and and kind of critical race theory-focused requirements on students. Yes, and that was actually where I was going next. Um, you mentioned that in this article that you just wrote recently for the Center of the American Experiment, that um, the political activism seems to play a much larger mm-hmm. role in this third draft and actually all, all three drafts compared to the more factual based content of the previous social studies standards. Can you elaborate yeah. on that a little bit? Well, that's absolutely right. Uh, I, I think you get a sense of that from the fact that there are, are three so-called ethnic studies standards. Mm-hmm. 
now. The first is titled identity. That means you are your skin color. The second, though, is titled resistance. And to read mm-hmm. this is it, in places like reading a manifesto from uh, Occupy Wall Street. The mm-hmm. idea is that America is deeply, fundamentally unjust and that students must uh, organize to take active steps to resist uh, American institutions in their in their current form, so this this really permeates uh, these these standards in their third draft. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, you know, this this whole notion of oppression, um, you know, this division that leads to looking and viewing the world through, or especially our country through the eyes of whether you're either an oppressor or uh, you are the oppressed. Um, as you said, if that's part of the lens through which all subjects are studied, um, or not subjects, but all of the social studies uh, sure. content is, is studied, it's really going to change the way the kids uh, learn about America. And that's actually one of the things that I wanted to talk about as well. Um, In the recent article, again, that you wrote, you stated that the third draft replaces objective historical knowledge, facts about the key events and figures of the past with a fixation on dominant and non-dominant narratives and absent voices. Students will graduate largely ignorant of the events and the leaders that shaped America and the world um, but primed to view our nation with reflexive suspicion and hostility. So can you share with us some Correct. of the examples of that missing, the missing elements of history that our Minnesota <laughs> students will no longer learn and the impact you that that's going to have on their view of America? <laughs> it's, it, it's really mind-boggling, especially when you compare these so-called standards to the, the, the social studies standards that were uh, adopted initially back in 2004, they are really outstanding. The students who, who actually uh, you know, learned uh, what those standards um, include would, would really understand well uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the historical events and processes that, that produced our contemporary moment. They would understand how rare democracy is today mm-hmm. yes. uh, in the world until uh, the most recent days. Literally, I, I think it's fair to say, essentially all of that historical content. I'm talking about um, just just knowledge of of the the, the leaders uh, and, and the the historical events throughout our our history that that led that you know, produced the world we live in today. So, mm-hmm. for example. Um, uh, the, the American Revolution is now mentioned, but names like George Washington, you know, Lexington and Concord, York, they, they, they never appear. And instead, students analyze, you know, quote, dominant and non-dominant narratives and indigenous <laughs> perspectives. Um, there's essentially nothing about America's role in World War II. I am serious. Unbelievable. Nothing mm-hmm. about Roosevelt, Churchill, Stalin, D-Day. There is no mention of the September 11th attacks. 
There is no mention of ancient Egypt, uh, the Roman Empire, the Middle Ages, the French Revolution. There is one mention of the European Renaissance, but only to identify the, quote, influence of Islamic centers of learning. Unbelievable. On the right? Yeah. So let's let's Nothing summarize. About the let's, Union. Let's, I think mean, I could go on. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about that for a minute. So they're going to learn about the founding of America, but they won't learn about George Washington or Concord right. or the Revolution. So really, they aren't learning about anything with respect to the founding of America. All they're really going to learn is that somehow these founders were oppressors because some of them were slaveholders. And that's, that that's basically, yeah. And they didn't yeah, really believe so, in the Constitution because they still held slaves, right? Yes, or, I mean, <laughs> the, the, there, there are places in these citizenship standards where uh, some of this is touched on, uh, you know, the, the, the Constitution, etc. Mm-hmm. But I think a major reason for that is that uh, Minnesota students are supposed to be able to pass at a low level an exam based on the U.S. citizenship exam um, before they graduate from high school. Oh. Uh, I mean, they don't really have mm-hmm. to, but, you know, that's that's in law. So mm-hmm. I think that's one reason that they, in that context, there, you know, there is some information of this kind, but, but mm-hmm. not about the, the revolution itself, not about, you know, the, the, the great figures who, who created our nation. It's all about competing uh, perspectives. And the reason for this is that the folks who drafted these standards clearly don't believe in um, the notion of truth, right. objective truth. They believe that our skin color determines how we see everything in the world. So it's mm-hmm. all just a matter of, you know, your truth, my truth. There is no uh, objective truth in their view. So life right. is nothing but a power struggle yes. between contending perspectives. Yes, which is just a hopeless, a hopeless future if if this is how kids are going to be taught about the world um, right. and about themselves even it gives them no sense of hope if it's just one big power struggle well um, there's no sense of a common good yes. so, so people who have different skin colors cannot reason together and compromise in an objective way it's not possible because we are all so different and so determined by skin color that, you know, frankly, democracy no longer really becomes possible. Mm-hmm. Well, we are talking with Catherine Kirsten on Education America, and we're discussing the third draft of the Minnesota Social Studies Standards. And I want to move on to the world history element. You touched on this a little bit as we discussed the last question, but you mentioned that key events are conspicuously missing um, from the the standards on you on world history as well. So the draft is silent okay. on the Soviet Union, its gulags, the Chinese Cultural Revolution, yep. Pol Pot's killing fields, North Korea, and instead it reserves a tone of outrage for the U.S. imperialism and oppression. So my right. question is: Do you see any correlation between the missing events and what we're seeing across American schools nationwide and our cultural in general? with respect to critical race theory? Oh, absolutely. Uh, now, the critical race theory essentially teaches that um, our, we are not human beings, individual human beings first. We are members of racial and other intersectional groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, that, that uh, 
life, political, social life, uh, even even individual interactions are are uh, a matter of a power struggle between uh, oppressors and, and victims. And finally, that America is riven by systemic racism and mm-hmm. essentially has to be transformed for, quote, equity to prevail. That, that is the those are the assumptions behind mm-hmm. these social studies standards. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you think about these missing elements of the U, of the I keep saying U.S. history when I mean to say world history, Soviet Union, the gulags, the Chinese Cultural Revolution, Pol Pot. These are all examples in history where power led to, yes. to, to you know, massive death, massive death. And it's, it's as though they don't want the students to even have any hint that yep. what's being set up in our country right now could lead to that someday. Uh, yeah. They don't want to be they don't want to teach the kids that. And, you know, when we cut our kids off from history, then we're doomed to repeat. Right. Yes, that's exactly right. I think that's why you don't see uh, really anything about the details of World War Two, because America was was the world savior that yeah. imagine the D-Day invasion. Imagine what the world would be like. Right. If if uh, Hitler and, uh, you know, the imperial Japan had won that war. It, it, right. It's inconceivable that we'd have our you know, life we have today. They don't want students to, to consider that. That's mm-hmm. why they don't teach that slavery is a near universal institution until mm-hmm. recent times. Uh, they don't want the U.S. ever to appear in a good light. Mm. It's just so it's just so disturbing. I never imagined in my I'm 58 years old. I never imagined that in my lifetime I would see our educational system so deeply cut off from our the true history uh, of yes, the world. Very true. Well, we you mentioned earlier that the original social studies standards were passed by the legislature in 2004. And then the legislature is no longer involved in the process of drafting or voting on these proposed standards. Why was the legislature removed from voting on the social studies standards in the first place? I think you and I have talked about this on previous shows, but just, you know, as a reminder for our listeners, is the legislative body doing anything now to try to reclaim that rightful position as elected representatives? Uh, Well, the reason that it, it is not involved is that, Unfortunately, when um, the, the the legislation that led to the creation of the standards back in you know, 2002, 2003 mm-hmm. was passed, uh, the legislature itself uh, simply determined that revisions would take place every two, uh, 10 years or could, but that they could just uh, go through uh, rulemaking without any kind of weighing in by the legislature that was uh, profoundly mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> misguided. As yes. we see. Now, now mm-hmm. there, there is legislation in, in other states uh, that, that have a similar setup uh, suggesting or, or pushing for uh, required legislative approval mm, of uh, revisions. And, and that, I think, is, is absolutely a bill. Mm-hmm. That could be supported. Um, Do you hear any talk of that now. here in Minnesota? Well, there, there's talk of it, uh, yes. Uh, but of course, the problem is that uh, with our current governor, mm-hmm. uh, if he continues to be the governor, it's you know that's that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. 
Well, and then you mentioned that the way it's set up right now is it only has to go through a set of revisions, and then there is a standards committee that's in right. charge of, of doing those drafts. And, and tell us a little bit about that that standards committee, what it's made up of currently, um, the, the WALS um, appointees, but what should it really look like? What what was the legislature's idea when they when they considered who would be serving on those committees? Well, when the, the first committee was created and the legislature was involved, uh, the newspapers were all over it. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, it was great care was taken. Now, this was under um, Governor Pawlenty. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was a cross-section of, as statute requires, it requires um, te- you know, educators, it requires parents, it requires uh, members of the business community, uh, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the committee that was chosen to draft these standards, and it's, it's kind of evolved uh, mm-hmm. over the last year, um, is, is very much stacked by, uh, with, with people who share this ideology. Mm-hmm. To our knowledge, uh, there are no valid representatives of uh, the business community and statute requires that. So, Mm -hmm. of course, uh, there will be challenges as this rulemaking goes on Mm -hmm. uh, that the statute was violated in that and and other respects. Yeah. And are there parents on it? When I looked at the list of people, I didn't see any, any, everybody was associated with some type of a nonprofit organization or a school. And they, many of them sounded like they were very leftist, progressive type organizations. Yes. Activist groups. I, you know, I'm assuming some of those people are, are, parents. Oh, but to my knowledge, is, you're correct yeah. that uh, that I didn't see anybody listed there as a simply as a as a parent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one more comment on these committee on this committee. Um, I watched one of the open sessions on Zoom and uh, last, last spring, I believe. And there is a woman that they have hired as a consultant who is also yeah. from a CRT based nonprofit who is leading this whole process. And she started the meeting by having this, the committee members go through an exercise that was also very based in oppression versus oppressors. Um, and so it almost seemed like from the beginning, they've set it up that they will come oh, yeah. out with a certain outcome. And regardless of how many drafts, how much public comment, it seems that they plan to to end at a certain place that, that they predetermined. <laughs> So. Yeah, and and uh, you know people who represent this this uh, ethnic studies movement this just keeps evolving, right? I mean, yeah. uh, we we come up with the notion of critical race theory, and and it morphs into into a variety of other yeah. ethnic studies. Um, it started, in, of course, California, uh, San Francisco, and it, it it grew out of. Like black studies, uh, Chicana studies, uh, indigenous studies—you know all those all those grievance studies programs mm-hmm, that began mm-hmm. in the late 1960s. So now we have the fruit yes. of, of all their graduate programs. Yeah, which is really—I mean, when you think about that, what 50 years approximately 
that's a pretty yeah. fast uh, movement. And you're right, the fruit, or or shall we say the the rotten fruit, <laughs> right? Rotten uh, fruit. <laughs> Correct. Um, do do you know how long? I think you actually mentioned that people can comment through the 14th. Who who do people contact if they want to comment on these st- standards? Well. Um, Comments uh, will uh, will be directed to the Office of Administrative Hearings. I mean, the the Minnesota Department of Education should see these too. But what they what they should do, what people who want to do this should do, mm-hmm. is to go to the website of the Center of the American Experiment. Mm-hmm. It's www.americanexperiment.org okay. backslash standards. Okay. And when they do that, they will get to our Raise Our Standards page. And there we, um, we give people instructions about how to do this. Okay. So uh, there's a petition people can sign that, um, that, that lists the, uh, you know, summarizes the, all the, the flaws mm-hmm. of these standards. There's also, if you go right below that on that page, uh, there is a, a link that will take you directly to the Office of Administrative Hearings uh, website. Oh. You'll see it right mm-hmm. away, and there you can comment. Now, we give you some suggested talking points, mm-hmm. but you create this little profile, and then you can get right into the, you know, the, the, the conversation or the debate. You can see what other people are saying. It's kind of like um, newspaper, commenting on a newspaper article at the bottom of, of sure. the article. Sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. I think that is a both of those things are really good things to do. Yes. Sign our petition, which we will be submitting, uh, and then um, going on yourself and in your own words, uh, describing what uh, what is wrong with these terrible standards. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. And again, that is, I will announce this at the very end of the show, but center the American Experiment dot org backslash student or standards, right? Correct. Okay. Exactly. All right. Good, good. Um, if the standards are approved by the administrative law judge, um, and I'm, I don't think we have time for you to go into detail of what's the next step, but we know there's an administrative law judge that will get brought into this process. Um, right. What is the earliest date they will enter into student classrooms? Well, my understanding is that there, there was a, um, a, a delay uh, that was uh, adopted by the legislature, uh, I think, in the special mm-hmm. session of, of about a year to like 2023. I have, though, I think seen dates more like 2025, okay. uh, at least floated by the uh, Department of Ed, because their sonar statement, the statement they now have to write defending these, they say could take a year and a half to write. And oh. then there is the, uh, you know, the, the judges' deliberations, uh, you know, et cetera. Okay. So, uh, you know, it, it won't happen tomorrow, but it's, mm-hmm. it's important that yes. people make their voices heard. Yes, and, and uh, a few years goes by very quickly. Um, yep. So <laughs> in, our, in our last, you know, minute or so, um, how influential are these standards in really guiding the coursework in the schools? If the standards, for instance, don't move forward with the fifth strand and the overwhelming influence of CRT, do you think school leaders and teachers will really um, abide by that, or do you think they'll take it upon themselves to teach it anyway? Well, I, I think uh, that those who wish to will do so. We see it right now. You know, yeah. you, it, it's it's up to schools what curriculum 
they uh, they adopt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is a there, there is no test, no social studies test, mm-hmm. uh, no statewide test. So, you know, the problem is if these standards are adopted, then there will be great pressure for schools to teach these. But in the end, teachers do have a fair amount of leeway. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's it's all pretty amorphous, but certainly mm-hmm. it would be a very bad thing if these standards are adopted and there's great pressure from the teachers union and, and others, you know, mm-hmm. to bring all of this straight into the classroom. Right. Which again, that's a whole nother topic of conversation, why the unions should even care, right? But they do. And if you want to read more about the influence of unions on education, you can read Rebecca Friedrich's book, Standing Up to Goliath. We've had her on our show in the past. She talks about the influence of the unions on American education. Well, Catherine, as always, it's so wonderful to have you on our show. Uh, Thank you for joining us. You always have such great content and information. And I do hope our listeners will go to the Center of the American Experiment website so that they can make their voices heard. And if you want to listen to this podcast or any other podcast of ours, go to savetheclassroom.com. See you next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.